Balconies and copses, the bodies among the cabbages and in squalid cottages, the bodies in pubs and on country cricket pitches, the bodies in select little villas and in old tin barns. Those endless bodies, anything from ten to twenty-eight in a day, five and sometimes six days a week, all the public mortuaries from Portsmouth to Paddington. Five years of mortuaries, prying into the secrets of thousands, literally thousands, of bodies, each with a tale to tell. There are people who say corpses don't talk, but indeed they do. They talk of easy lives in pleasant homes, of hard, dirty lives in rooms where lice crawl up and down the walls and the ceiling drips like a decaying skin in clammy, stinking drops to the floor. They talk of hopes that were not fulfilled, joys that ended in sorrow, of tragedy, broken hearts, stupidity, cruelty, depravity, perversion, crime of every kind, and of goodness, devotion, motherhood, sacrifice, every kind of love, everything you have ever thought or heard of, and a great many things you would never have imagined in your wildest moments. There they all are, on the PM table, the coster's wife who killed herself because her husband sold his pony, the one creature in the world she had ever really loved and been loved by. There is the baby, whose mother left it to starve while she had a good time hitting the hay with American soldiers, the little girl whose new party dress caught fire, the old gentleman who lived in Leytonstone sixty years and never departed once from his wife, his job as a railway clerk, his bowls club and the interminable straight and narrow. The soldier who came home on leave to find his wife in bed with another man and gassed himself. The sailor who came home from sea to find his wife in bed with another man and shot her. The old lady who put her head in the gas oven because she was certain the wireless had given her cancer. The airman who bailed out and his parachute didn't open. The bright young thing who didn't want a baby. The tart who picked up a killer for a client. The pansy who couldn't face life any more. The treasurer who embezzled the funds, the typist who discovered she was married to a bigamist. Yes, there they all are. And my goodness, how they talk. Everything about them talks. The way they look, the way they died, where they died, why they died. In the mortuary, under the skilled hands of Dr. Simpson, they yielded up their secrets, talking of everything from natural death to murder. While sitting beside him at her little table, typing away for dear life, was Miss Lefebure, typing the post-mortem reports which the pathologist dictated as he worked. And in the courts, there she was too, taking shorthand notes. There she was in the hospitals, the prisons, at the scenes of crimes, carrying her notebook and the little buff envelopes into which she popped the hairs and the fibres, the buttons and the cigarette butts, and all the other small but vital things that are found on or near the bodies, and on which a five-day trial at the Old Bailey may ultimately hinge. A horrible job. I'd never allow a daughter of mine to do it, declared one of my father's friends. A fascinating job, darling, how I'd adore it, gasped a girl who worked at the Board of Trade. You've a nasty, morbid, unfeminine streak in you, I'm afraid wrote a boyfriend. "'You'll never regret going to work in the mortuaries, Miss Molly,' said a coroner's officer of my acquaintance. "'You'll find there's never a dull moment with the bodies around. It's a real good job for corpses, seeing as how you're interested in corpses.' 
But whoever they were, and however they reacted to the job, they all asked me the same question. How did you get the job? I was working as a reporter on a chain of East London suburban weeklies, and it was the first year of World War II. I had earlier taken a secretarial course to attain good shorthand, and I had studied journalism at London University. Now I was a junior reporter, struggling in the throes of an existence only to be advocated to those training for the Olympic marathon, or doing penance for some appalling crime. I walked on an average twelve miles a day, at a conservative estimate, worked from 8.30 in the morning till 10.30 at night, seven days a week, starting at a pound a week. In my case, I was ambitious to be a writer, and any person nursing such a lunatic and unwholesome aim in life should be subjected to every chastisement possible to drive the devil out, as it were.